This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is Corey Willis with PPI, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. This is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Cass from Diesel Doctor of Tennessee, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the number one diesel truck podcast on iTunes. Today's topic is going to be really fun. We've had a series of episodes over the years, but especially recently, talking with shop owners or people that are in the diesel industry and talking about business topics. And the last one we did was with Chris Huggins, and he was talking about how or what the challenge is going from being a diesel mechanic in diagnosing trucks and fixing them to being a CEO of a business and how you have to transition to manage your sales force, people that are on the phones, your service writer, accounting, marketing, branding, events, all these different things. And a question came out of that podcast from one of our listeners and they said, hey, I have a local or regional brand. I want to take it national. How do I do it? How do I compete against huge companies that that's all they've been doing for 10, 15, 20 years. Or if you're already in that kind of market segment and you have a national brand, how do you get an edge over your competitors? What are some techniques you can use besides the old ways of doing things that you know aren't as effective anymore? Or they're just so exponentially expensive that you're looking for creative ways to give yourself and your company you know kind of a a leg up on the competition. So we have Ryan Jolinas from R&R Brand Management on today, and he's going to be telling us some specific things that you can do for your business to be able to achieve either one of those. And I'm sure there's a bunch of other topics we're going to get into as we start talking about, you know, events and branding and logos and pictures and all the different things that go into branding a company. Uh, we know you guys are going to enjoy this, and, and we really appreciate Ryan's time today sitting down and chatting with us. Before we get to it, though, we want to give a special shout-out to Alligator Performance. They've got Hunting for Horsepower coming up here. It's going to be right around the corner, and it's one of the largest events in diesel. So make sure you go to their Facebook page. You can check out when the event is, uh, get tickets, all that sort of stuff. It's, it's definitely worth checking out. And also, if you're on their website, you can use Podcast 5 at checkout. You get 5% off your order at alligatorperformance.com. If you do call in, you have questions, you can just mention the Diesel Podcast when uh, you're ordering parts. Get you 5% off your order as well. And also, we want to remind you guys that we did start a Patreon page. And over the years, we'd have people say, hey, how can we help you? Or, um, you know, what are some ways I can show support for the podcast? So if you go to Patreon to search the Diesel Podcast, you'll see a bunch of different tiers that we have there for exclusive content, giveaways, discount codes, tons of different things. If you have any questions, let us know. You can find us on Instagram or Facebook. Just search the Diesel Podcast. All right, let's get to this this episode with Ryan Jelinas talking about branding your company nationally or finding a, a you know way to be even more competitive out there if you already have a national brand. Ryan from R&R Brand Management, I'm excited to chat with you today about diesel community, diesel companies, diesel parts, everything diesel. Thank you for having me on again, Patrick. And let's clarify, this is Ryan G. Since <laughs> R&R is the Ryans. So, um, <laughs> Mr. Houston, I'm sure he'll be on at a later date to uh, chat all things that we do in the market and 
some of the events and all that kind of stuff, but I'm excited to sit down and chat with you about some more industry-focused things as opposed to, uh, you know, truck tech or, or, you know, product knowledge or anything like that, more more business-centered uh, parts of the industry. We've had a really amazing response over a few different episodes, actually, from either people who own a diesel shop or who are thinking of starting one or who have been in it for a while, they're established, and they're looking to take it, you know, say larger than their city, county, or even, you know, part of a state, and they're wanting to get bigger. And you guys do brand management, you know, what, yeah, what yeah. is a brand? And, and there's a ton of questions I wanted to ask you to educate us. And then also for you know, the, these business owners we have that, that listen to us is help them as well. What is, I mean, it starts beginning, like what is branding? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, what Ryan and I really try and focus on with the manufacturers we work on, and this will, this will absolutely translate to shop owners um, that want to take their business to the next level or it is be helpful for your listeners that are retail consumers that are looking to purchase certain products and what kind of consumer expectations you should have. Um, you know, simply because, you know, an Amazon or a Walmart has all consumers to be a little bit demanding and callous and cold, and then your local shop owner gets held to that same standard and it gets messed around on Facebook forums and so on and so forth. So there's just a lot of noise out there. Uh, for consumers, um, there's a lot of indecision for um, business owners that own a shop and manufacturers. Uh, we were sitting down with the owner of Nitro Gear and Axle the other day, and he looked at us and said, listen, guys, I didn't go and get an MBA. Like, this is all just guesswork. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and he's mm -hmm. built a multi-million dollar gear and axle company. Um, so, you know, I think it's okay for somebody to say, I don't know, and put some experts around them or some people that have some good experience or ask some good questions. And so what Ryan and I try and do on the brand side of things is that's all continuity. So making sure that a brand is visible, um, that customer service levels are where they're supposed to be, that you have the same or better experience every time you visit that company. And again, that translates down to the shop locally, but then somebody trying to take something nationally. Um, think of a really good brand like uh, Budweiser. Budweiser tastes the same in England as it does in Texas. So, you know, that, that recipe for consistency of service, uh, product quality, uh, your website being clean and having accurate data and being in harmony with the e-commerce players out there. Um, that's all some of the stuff that we do. Um, so we don't sit down with these brands and teach them how to run their business. We teach them how to be consistent and consistently visible. Um, and uh, again, that, that just brings a lot of trust to consumer base because at the end of the day, let's just say you're a manufacturer, you're held to the same standards making uh, turbochargers as Apple is to their phones. Because again, all consumers judge every service and every uh, commodity product out there on the same scale, on the same level. Um, so that's what, we, that's what Ryan and I really try to do. Um, the other aspect of what we try to do, because obviously we do trade shows and we look at their data and we try and help them out with pricing and making sure there's barcodes and they work well. Uh, but a lot of that is actually some of the supply chain side of things. So most manufacturers work through a wholesale distributor. And again, wholesale distributors are starting to rely on some branding these days. 
you know, back in the day, you would never see a wholesale distributor have a Facebook page or an Instagram. And now they have a very public profile because they understand that their dealers are looking out there. Um, obviously, there's no good for a retail consumer to contact a wholesale distributor, but they might, you know, refer them out to uh, a local shop or something like that. Uh, but what what Ryan and I try and bring to the brands we represent is um, being able to navigate through uh, some of these larger companies. So Summit Racing, for example, Ryan and I were just there uh, with Nitro Gear and Axle getting everything uh, aligned with them. And uh, it's a billion-dollar company. I mean, it's still privately owned, uh, but if you look at, say, an LKQ or a Keystone Automotive Operations, they're a $12 billion company. These are big ships, and you're taking these brands that are, say, you know, between 5 and $20 million dollars, and you're trying to insert them into a billion-dollar ecosystem. And that is difficult. That can be extremely difficult. Um, and that's where I think we pride ourselves in being really intimate with the companies we work on uh, and, uh, and being able to walk these guys through. That started with maybe some passion. And then they had to transition into a business owner. And now they can't handle the call volume, and they want to keep their brand at a high level um, and offer that consistency, well, that's where the WD steps in. They give you that consistency of customer service, product availability, the data being straight, pricing being correct across the market, um, you know, the aces and pies format of data, uh, standardizing like categories and how you shop in the e-commerce space has helped out a lot. Uh, but at the end of the day, diesel is still very new in comparison to performance aftermarket automotive. You know, people were messing around with motorcycles and hot rods and things like that, long, long before we decided to start hopping up diesel trucks. Uh, so we're still playing a little catch-up, still playing a little catch-up with uh, the legality of our products <laughs> and still playing a little catch-up with uh, making sure we take them to market in the same professional way that, say, you know, again, Apple, Sony, because um, you're held to the same standard, um, at least the consumers do. So that's a really that's, long way to answer that. <laughs> well, you, you mentioned a few things there that really – stuck out to me from episodes that we've done in the past or private conversations I've had with, you know, shop owners who message in and that it's so true about being a consumer. Like as an example, I ordered something off Amazon the other day, got an email confirmation right away. They asked me, you know, when these are your options for delivery, I get a tracking number immediately. I get a picture when it's dropped off at my door and an email that says I got it. Yeah. And out there, we're going to apply that towards a turbo an injector, uh, lift pump, an air intake, a differential cover, whatever it is we might order, right? And it's like, just because this industry is newer in comparison to cell phones or, you know, mm -hmm. e-commerce, doesn't mean that consumers out there aren't looking at it that way. And I've had, you know, a few conversations where people have asked us, like, hey, you talk to all these shops and companies and, and experts, um, how do I get, you know, my brand more known? And I'll say, well, how do you market now? And they go, well, I don't really market. Mm -hmm. I've never had to. It's just word of mouth. And I think what I wanted you know, to really jump in with you is how has this specific motorsport changed recently or over a few years to where the old adage of like, I don't need to invest any money in my website. I don't need to spend any money in any sort of media outlet. Um, I don't need to do that. I'm just going to rely on, you know, say, quote, forums and word of mouth to build my business. Cause I have a feeling this market's it's tightening up. It's highly competitive. 
Yeah. And like I you said, that, you're, you're taking the word there. And you're, yeah, you're competing in with yeah. billion dollar companies now who have the I's dotted, the T's crossed. How are you going to be competitive and get your, you know, your product, or your service out there? Right, right. I mean, from a manufacturer's or shop owner standpoint, there's really only there's really only a couple ways to do that. One, you'd have to be doing something completely unique, let's say from a manufacturer standpoint. You know, you're the only guy with this. Or you have to be first to market with something that's very popular, like, hey, we built the first intake and got it. That doesn't mean, like, say I start Ryan's intake business, that in um, three months that K&N doesn't come out and just swallow whatever market share I got. What you have to do is, is get to market quick, do it right. Again, have that consistency. Have all that infrastructure there because these days it's free or cheap. You know, you don't have to have an in-house web developer to run a good e-commerce or informational site, say, for a, uh, a manufacturer. Um, you don't have to be a professional. Here's the thing. We can retrain ourselves at any point, any moment in our lives. It's called YouTube. Like, if you want to learn how to take something apart and change a battery and something, YouTube it. You know what I mean? You don't have to go to an electrical engineering school anymore. And yeah. so if you want to learn how to, like, really rock Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and Snapchat and, and like, when people come into your area with your shop, uh, is that and one of the filters pops up with your name on it, um, you can learn how to do all that stuff. You don't have to have an expert come in. Um, or you can train one of your employees to do something like that. And again, a lot of the third-party stuff, so like, not to constantly plug what Ryan and I do, but we're basically a third-party national sales manager, if that makes sense. We come yeah. into your business and we, we, we run it with the owners, uh, because not everybody who's in a certain size of business we work with can afford two guys that would probably ask for 150 k a year and all these benefits and extra, 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 plus everybody is kind of co-oping our road expenses. So there are other avenues and, and ways to game the system, in my opinion, to go head-to-head -head against the guys who are doing $100 million or a $1 billion a year uh, because, one, social media is, is relatively free. Uh, diesel is still relatively niche, though. Like, I still think um, it's not as it, – well, I know it's not as mainstream as gas, but I still think that at the end of the day, I've always said you're fighting for whatever's in that guy's wallet. That is the only finite resource <laughs> when it comes to consumers is how many dollars they have. Typically, I mean, we're not talking about, you know, sheiks uh, over in uh, uh, Dubai <laughs> or anything. But when you're talking about, you know, Joe Simpson that, that owns a 06 Cummins or something like that, like does he want to go on a vacation? Does he want to buy a boat or does he want to buy a compound turbo system? So, again, a lot of that branding comes into the same stuff that, say, Red Bull does, and we'd like to put a lot of lifestyle around it. So if I was a shop owner and I was trying to get myself to the next – level one i would say well what dollars does that bring in so if i become a nationally recognized shop owner and i just do you know diesel repair in wichita kansas how am i going to convert that into dollars because let's say he builds a race truck or a sled pull truck and he says i'm going to get the heck out of kansas i'm going to go to missouri i'm going to start trying to get some customers having guys trailer a truck to you to fix their head gaskets i just don't think is a plausible solution or or a long-term benefit solution Figuring out something that you can ship to them, a widget, um, you know, Holder Down has those uh, um, side mirror delete kits, you know, like figuring out how to 
work social media so people shop with you, uh, but then also having some visibility. So again, that's what Ryan and I try and do with the trade shows is, you know, we have banners up, we have tower announcements. If you're in the diesel community and there's an event near you, you're talking there's going to be, say, 1,000 to 5,000 diesel enthusiasts. Like, it's just diesel. So if that's what we're talking about here, you've got to be there. You know, it's, it's, this is where the people who actually give a shit about this stuff, like, show up. Um, and, and, you know, guys who are more casual about it probably don't even really touch their truck. They just tow hay and they get it fixed by whatever local shop they've got. But the guys who attend these shows, they come up, they buy T-shirts, they talk product, and then next time they've got a buddy with a diesel truck, like, oh, I talked to these guys, and these wheels are really cool, and they're made in America, and blah, 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 you should buy those. Um, and that's just kind of how that, that goes. So if I'm a shop owner, I'm going to go race at those things. I'm going to get uh, my name out there. But what am I going to do with people knowing who I am if I don't have something to sell? Like if, if the only way I can have a transaction is face-to-face, -face, then getting becoming a brand means nothing. You know what I mean? You have to convert it into something that you can sell nationally. And services are very hard to sell nationally. So unless you started like some sort of, say, uh, dollar a minute tech line or something like that. Um, you know, you could potentially do something in that space. But uh, uh, like I said, at the end of the day, e-commerce is really hard to break into uh, unless you go niche, unless you find a brand or a part that um, the really big heavy hitters aren't really pushing hard on Google Shopping and Amazon and their own websites. So you know what? I'm going to become king of, again, like the complete performance guys. We're going to become king of the OBS4 truck. Um, nobody was really servicing that market. And so they're able to take a business that started as a repair shop in, you know, Jasper, Texas, um, and now is turning into a national brand, uh, a website that people can go to and order hard-to-find parts. Um, they put some infrastructure and they put some uh, inventory, uh, you know, some warehouse space together. They buy trucks up. They part them out. Um, you know, it's it's genius. It's smart. You know, they, they've fi they found a need. If you can't find a need, then it's just going to be more noise, and the guys who have more infrastructure than you are just going to whittle you down to death. I don't care how much money you start with. They have all of the momentum right now. So you've got to find a need first, and then you have to educate yourself. So if you're not going to go out and educate yourself, if you're not going to put the time in on YouTube or reading or asking questions or calling people or putting yourself out there in some of these Facebook forums, like, listen, the Internet's a scary place and you will get shouted down and you will definitely get um, made fun of and, and all sorts of things for, for maybe being a little ignorant on a subject. But if you're not willing to do that, then you don't deserve the money that comes with uh, success and becoming a brand. So. Now, when you take, say, someone that's uh, it's not a beginner shop or company, they've been around for a while, they have found that niche product, and they've invested, you know, into the website, they've got that kind of streamlined, I think one of the scariest things that they face is two things. One, what if the floodgates open? Do I have the infrastructure to handle the calls, the accounting, the shipping, the tracking, all the things we talked about with like Amazon and Apple and stuff, like what we expect as consumers. And then two is what if the floodgates don't open? Do you hit the panic button? Do you freak out? Or is it like the Rome wasn't built in a day. It's going to take some time and being able to stay true to the plan and the vision that say when you guys come in and are talking to them and advising them, 
know, right. how do each of those my, go? My, my first, my first step, if I let, let's, so I had this great idea and I found out that Ryan Bean at um, Bean Machine had the same idea, but we can never quite figure out how to work it. We were like, we should be able to take a retrofit kit to um, Dodge tow mirrors where you don't have to have a friend in the passenger seat to flip them out and close them. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, where you just like hit a button, they both flop out. But like literally where I don't have to make it some big expensive option or anything like that, like literally it's like a core program. You send your mirrors in, you get these mirrors back, and we figure out how to put like a windshield washer motor in there or something. Anyway, long story short, I, I just never put the time into it. But that's a good idea, right? Let's say you get a little money behind you. You make your first product. Your next step has definitely got to be organic social media stuff. You've got to find an influencer. You've got to find somebody that has a lot of visibility, that has lots of followers, that has, uh, that's generating good content, that's generating uh, YouTube videos and things like that. And you've got to get him to believe in what you're doing. And whether you know whether you uh, give them a commission on some of the sales for a short period of time, if they're a real big heavy hitter, or if it's just like a, hey, do you like this? Can I send you a free one? Would you mind doing a post about it? Um, there's you got to spend money to make money, kind of a thing. That helps out a ton. Um, you know, uh, on the dynamite side of things, you know, we we hooked up with guys like Ben Shaddy, um, Dustin Jackson, guys that were on the ODSS circuit that were just slaying. Um, now I believe that Lenny makes a better mousetrap, uh, but then also Lenny was, he, he owned the West coast. Like he did really well in the Pacific Northwest cause he sled pulled and drag raced and everybody knew him, but he wasn't really expanding out of that area. Well, we found guys regionally somewhere else that could latch onto the product and have success with it. So I think when you find that widget, that, that thing you can do to help push your product forward. Um, you have to find an influencer. You know, Hotshot Secret uses Levon at Firepunk. You know, um, Nitro Gear and Axle, we use the Street Outlaw guys. Um, so uh, that would be my goal, is you need to be connected in the social media space. You need to find somebody across all the platforms that's really got some good visibility and people trust. Um, you know, if you have a third-party person vet your stuff, say, this is good stuff here, it's way better than you going out there and saying, I have created something good. Because obviously you're the one who most benefits from them handing dollars to you. Uh, you're kind of masking the idea that the person, the influencer guy, isn't making money or getting some sort of support uh, for, you know, promoting your stuff. Uh, it just, it feels a little less dishonest. But, I mean, people have used spokesperson people for years. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, John Hamm does the voiceover for, you know, whatever, that type of thing. So, I uh, I would say that's your next step, and then then once you actually start gaining this momentum, just making sure again the consistency of your brand, making sure that you put infrastructure and people around it, and then you get to a point where you probably need a Ryan and I, and we take you into distribution because you can't handle the phone calls, you don't have enough money to stock all that product, uh, but these logistics experts with very large bank accounts can buy. 50, 100, 1,000 of your widget at a time, and they can put it on a shelf for 30 to 60 days. Uh, and you can take that money after they, they pay you ahead of time. So you can take that money and reinvest it into more infrastructure or more raw goods, more widgets. Um, and then eventually you might get to a point where you don't need a Ryan and I and you have a full-time version of Ryan and I, and uh, he goes on the road or you have five or six of them. Uh, but that's, that's what the roadmap looks like to me from going from a shop. Uh, to a brand, uh, to um, a real manufacturer, 
but you know, like I said, the biggest thing in the industry is knowing who to trust uh, as you kind of roll through that. So again, staying connected in social media, being accountable. I think accountability is a big thing that gets lost on people these days. Uh, personal responsibility is at an all-time low. Uh, I'd like to think that our more blue-collar diesel area doesn't suffer from it as much. But I would tell you the one thing to do, I had a, a construction friend. He over-ordered some, or, excuse me, over-ordered some tile one time, and the, the owner would have been none the wiser. He asked me what to do, and I said, you give him a refund. You make a big you know, pomp and circumstance about it. Um, just the same thing as if you own a shop and somebody comes in with uh, trucks broken down and all it is is a five-cent fuse to fix it. Just fix it. Give it back to him for free. He'll come get orders from you for the rest of the time. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like, just do the right thing. The, so, the social media part was something, to, when you mentioned it, it it's so important. But it, you can get lost in it too. You know, like with, you know, with some things, it's like, who are you reaching? Mm-hmm. I had a conversation with someone once and they said, Hey, you know what? We, um, they take their product and they, um, would have it at these events. They'd have a booth and a display and everything. And they're like, but we don't know what we're going to get. Or we put this ad out or we do this thing. How many of this particular owner of this vehicle is going to see this product? Right. And I think choosing the right people, companies, media outlets, whatever it might be, you know, is so important. And it, it, it's kind of interesting. You know, sometimes we'll get the message from you know, someone and they'll say, Hey man, here's a picture of my, you know, LS one Camaro build. Um, what, you know, what do you think? And it's like, I'm into it. I mean, it's cool. And I know we have listeners who have some, you know, really cool vehicles that aren't diesel. But like, if I talk about that on the podcast, that's not who we have listened. We've got like hardcore diesel enthusiasts and anything that varies off of that. I, I can't deliver that information to them. I, I don't know it myself really. And it's like choosing the right ways to do it is, is so important. And I think, I think a lot of shop owners kind of get lost in that a little bit, or when you're going in between the levels is like, well, do I just put a post out there? How come it only got four likes? Why didn't yeah. I get 4,000? Um, how well, come I didn't get any messages off of it? Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. You know, right, right. Well, and sometimes we've released videos with brands that, for no apparent reason, do a heck of a lot better organically than others. You do, mm-hmm. they shared more. I just think you have to continue to drive content. Content's everything. Like we pay attention to stuff for about ten seconds at a time. So you know, at the end of the day, if you're wanting the most people to see what you're doing, if you're not driving consistent content because one or two or three posts didn't get enough likes and you paid some money to try and get them to the top, um, and you felt like you was money wasted, you have to be patient. You just have to be patient. It's not going to happen overnight. Um, like I said, whether you're, whether you're even just starting a shop in a community and you're trying to get people to you know, start seeing what you're doing, and, and, or if you're going all the way to that big end brand thing, 
Um, there's just so much noise out there. Uh, you just have to consistently, consistently market yourself. Um, and again, I think social media is, is one of the best ways um, to do that for inexpensive or almost free. Uh, again, uh, there's a podcast that uh, uh, my business partner really likes. It's the Gary V Show. And he talks a lot about how you know, he'll just DM as many people as possible on Instagram that are influencers trying to get something wrong. Like, hey, would you mention me? Hey, can you do this? That type of thing. Take no. It's fine. It doesn't matter. Don't give up. You know, it's, 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 it's an attrition thing. And I think maybe some people think, it, you know, it's an overnight thing or, you know, there's tons of memes that, you know, talk about how people are jealous of success and, you know, the tip of the iceberg, you know, inspirational posters that everybody's seen. But it's, there's some truth to it. You know, everybody just thinks that people get somewhere for no reason, and it's hard work. You know, there's so much competition um, in this space, and, and it just does not happen overnight. You know, if somebody's doing well, it's probably because they're consistent, and they do really good at business, and they take care of their customers. Um, you know, we hear that a lot when somebody has, say, a, a, a consumer issue with a brand we work with. And, you know, one of the best responses is like, hey, these guys have been in business for 25 years. That's not an accident. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and then you take care of them, that, that type of thing. So, but, yeah, I mean, like I said, I think you have to continually drive content um, through the social media um, avenues. Uh, there are definitely some algorithms and rules um, to Facebook and Instagram that you should educate yourself on. You can actually get a representative that works at Facebook that will help you kind of through the, the how their algorithm works and how you make sure that your content is in front of the right people. There's obviously analytics with Google that you can use. Like most people don't know that, uh, so Google owns YouTube, right? So if you have a website, you want to use YouTube videos on your website, but when you go to Facebook, you want to upload the original content to Facebook because Facebook sees Google as a competitor. A lot of people don't know stuff like that, but it's really easy to learn by listening to a podcast. Like if you're listening right now, I'm not saying I'm the smartest guy in the world, you are educating yourself. So, you know, that's the kind of things that you need to do constantly. Read, listen to podcasts, listen to books. Um, about business, about areas, even in, maybe in things that you're not in, you know. Um, I, I always find it fascinating to listen to uh, business books about uh, maybe finance uh, or, you know, just other aspects of, of life and making money. It doesn't have to be, or tech, it doesn't have to be diesel parts, you know, or it doesn't have to be automotively leaning. I, I know we're all really passionate about this, but at the end of the day, you have to turn yourself into a business owner. Um, as opposed to a guy who really enjoyed working on trucks or a guy who used to work at Cummins or Ford and has all of a sudden developed this business and figured out this one little part that, you know, would be really popular because nobody really makes it and he just doesn't know how to get it to market. Again, like I said, you have to build the website. You have to build the social media following. You have to find influencers to pimp your products. Uh, and then you have to make sure that you maintain a consistency of being excellent service and that is everything from part, you know, part availability to answering the phone, to answering people's Facebook messages at all hours of the night. If you're not willing to do that, then go work for someone else who is. You know, you'll never get rich renting your time out at the end of the day. It was really, when you were mentioning, you know, like these big companies we see, we think, oh, well, they were overnight successes. Like, man, I remember being on Cummins Forum 13 years ago and seeing some of the owners of some of the largest diesel e-commerce companies you can that are out there 
and where they had just started. And like the owner was on Cummins forum answering questions. Some of them I even bought parts from back in 2008. And it's <laughs> like, I remember that, but now it, they're like these huge brands and they have a ton of influence and they do these cool things. And it's like, that was way longer than a 12 year process. You know, it's not, it's not really quick and, and not really easy, but I think, you know, there's probably some that are listening out there and they're thinking, why does this matter? And this is really one of the biggest pet peeves I have is it's like this super secret sauce that once you find the success, you can't share with anyone. You can't help educate anyone. <laughs> you need to hoard it all for yourself because the yeah. moment someone else knows you're, you know, you're a competition for yourself. or something Yeah. You're like foreclosed yeah. on living in your vehicle all that stuff. But this is the part that I really want to talk about. And I'm glad we're chatting about this topic because I think this is how it all comes together is with the industry changing, evolving really quick. And it's not just diesel. It's also gas as well right now is okay. If people aren't breaking apart or having a need, like say, okay, let's just take a stock truck. Is that stock truck in general going to break a stock transmission probably not right. very not very likely but when you have say tuners or something that adds power well that's gonna potentially not guaranteed but potentially put stress on other parts well there's another company that addresses that you know that, that broken part downstream right and so the branding all factors into it so whether you're a tuner, whether you make turbos, whether you make transmissions, whether you make what intercoolers, boots, clamps, CP3s, injectors, whatever it might be, everything is so interrelated that if this other part of the industry isn't successful, you're, you know, it, it's, it's going to affect you. Of, yeah, there is a ton of synergy, particularly in hard parts. And let's just talk under the hood because, I mean, well, heck, we were just, you know, uh, airless tires are coming. And so, I mean, we may be in a place where there's no more wheels. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's going to 3D print a whole thing. But anyway, I, that's that's a podcast for another day. Um, but when it comes to that, it, again, it's that um, I mentioned accountability, but also who do you trust? You know, you need to know the people that are trustworthy inside the industry you're in because um, maybe when you first start out as a brand, you don't know what WD to get with or you don't know what suppliers you can use. And all these other manufacturers don't hoard this sauce, but you have to have access to them. And if they don't know who you are, they don't know to trust you. You know what I mean? Are they going to rip off your products? I mean, we've had every manufacturer in diesel, I guarantee you, has had one or two parts ripped off by an uh, up-and-coming manufacturer or maybe even a big guy. It happens all the time. So being able to forge some of those relationships is important. So how do you do that? Well, you go to the events or you go to SEMA and you meet these people. The owners are there. You know what I mean? It's like you have to put yourself out there, socialize. Don't, you know, don't make it about the money. Make it about building a brand. Like be willing to reinvest into your company and your idea. Um, most everybody on the planet suffers from a massive lack of confidence. Everybody's a little bit self-conscious, you know, regardless of how rich they are how in shape they are, how hot their wife is. Everybody's got some level of, of uh, uh, you know, lack of confidence in them. And so, yeah, it, it takes a lot of mental strength to, to get there and forge those relationships. But uh, you're absolutely right. Everything's interconnected, but that's why we're all watching each other's backs, you know, because we know who to trust. We've been accountable to each other for years. 
Um, and so that's where those relationships come from, whether they're a competitor or not. You know, like we, you know, ATS guys really do get along just fine with the Suncoast guys. And, and ATS guys get along really well with, uh, you know, Phil Taylor over at uh, DPC Converters, you know. So uh, it, it's all interconnected. We all try and help each other out. And we all try and keep this, in the, you know, this, this boat floating down of this performance aftermarket, you know, because we all want to keep it profitable. Uh, but we also want to, again, deliver that consistent uh, brand performance, you know, in in step with what the rest of the market is um, doing and what consumers are demanding of us. And it, it, it takes teamwork. You can't be on an island. You can't be by yourself. It's just not going to work well. I just did a recent episode with Cass from Chode Engineering, and he gave this analogy. We were talking about um, engines. And he said, there's not one thing I can change in that engine that won't affect a series of other parts. He goes, I can change the oil. It's going to change the temperature. And when he said that, I mean, I, I had kind of thought about it, but not in a business sense. And that's where you talking about branding from what is your niche? What is your product? What is your service? What's your infrastructure? How do you get awareness for it? How do you stay consistent with it? All those things factor into the whole system. And then that system also factors into, okay, maybe you make this, 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 uh, I mean, it could be a, a drop in wheel for a turbo. Okay. Well, what turbos are going into? Who's who's making that one? Um, you know, all these things that are that are factoring into it that I think we all want to see happen. Whether it's you and I talking, whether it's manufacturers, or ultimately the truck owners out there, they're the ones buying the trucks and they're the ones investing in them and have the passion about it. Is how do we ensure that we can go onto an e-commerce site? down the road and there's hundreds if not thousands of brands to still buy or are we choosing between four or five because right, right. there wasn't collaboration there wasn't working together to make sure that the choices are there i think diesel's young enough now that you know if you're thinking about starting some sort of brand or transitioning to from say a, a brick and mortar shop into the e-commerce space I think it's accessible enough still um, mm -hmm. for the average guy that can get an SBA loan or has uh, has a little bit of money saved up or his friends and family can invest in him. Um, but I do I do 100% believe that um, you can take car companies for example, um, like VW like owns everything. Um, I I do believe as an industry grows and becomes more popular. Um, and you've seen it in, you know, companies in our space being bought by VC owned, you know, basically a bank. Um, they see enough profitability and enough uh, momentum that uh, I, I do think everything boils down at one point. And, uh, you know, I think it may not be in any kind of recent lifetime for, for you or I, uh, but, you know, you got to think we didn't have any diesel podcasts a long time ago. Now we have three. Mm -hmm. So I mean, clearly, uh, or or if you can't have a truck show, but, um, uh, but you know, I just don't, I don't see it being a bunch of mom and pop inventors for very long. I think you'll get some of that in the fringe, but I think it'll be like cell phone companies. There's only a handful of manufacturers. I think it'll be like, you know, television companies, only a handful of manufacturers. It, eventually the technology and commoditizing the industry We'll get to a point where you just won't be competitive. It'll cost you so much more to make it than it costs this billion-dollar company, um, and they'll crush you. And it'll just be impossible. And maybe you'll have hand-fabricated twin turbo kits that aren't as prolific, and they do sell, but you'll just never hit that momentum. Um, if you're wanting to to get to that place, 
um, you know, where you really make some real wealth, you know, where you're actually making money while you sleep as opposed to actually having to physically work on something, you got to do it now because <laughs> the industry is getting bigger um, and the trucks are getting more expensive and the machines to manufacture are getting more expensive, but there are lots of third-party companies and job shops uh, that can to make, make you something today, but like how long until they get bought up? You know what I mean? Um, So if you go into gas or something and you look at, say, fuel injection or something like that, there's just a couple of kings in there. You know what I mean? And and a couple of guys grabbing some scraps right below that. But you can see how things boil down. Right now, if I said, hey, what turbos are available for my 6.7 Cummins? Holy shit, dude. I mean, (laughs) you, you know what I mean? Like different sizes, and we changed the back this way, and these are all different companies. You know, it may all be Borg Warner or Garrett or wholesale based. Uh, but again, you can still see how industries boil down. I, I believe the aftermarket will do the exact same thing as the OE stuff does. It'll eventually boil down, get bought up, and turn into more of a commoditized market. I know that sounds sad, but um, that's just how capitalism works. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> but we're young enough. We're young enough. We have a young enough industry, industry that if you wanna if you want to really make a go at this and become wealthy, and uh, find a widget or find a service that you can sell nationally and you can be a brand. And hopefully you learned a lot on this podcast and you hire Ryan and I for millions of dollars and, and we create, create it even bigger and take you to a really good distribution vein and then, uh, and then you retire in Boca Raton or whatever you want to do. So, um, or go do it again. Now that you have all the infrastructure and all the knowledge and dollars, make something else. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be just one thing. Don't ever paint yourself into a corner, but definitely follow it through. Don't do don't do too many things at one time. I tell you that much. For anyone out there that's listening, they're like, "Hey, man, this hit right. This hit me right in the fills. This is right where I'm at. I, you know, I need I need some help. What's the best way for for uh, people to get in contact with with you guys? Uh, well, we have a website, rnrbrandmanagement.com. Um, both uh, Ryan Houston and, and my emails are on there, but we're basically just Ryan G and Ryan H at uh, rnrbrandmanagement.com. Uh, we are on all of the social media platforms, so you can always DM us there or shoot us uh, a Facebook message. Uh, Mr. Houston's really good about getting back to folks. And if you don't follow any of our social media, please do. We do a lot of featured products and featured dealers on there. And if you're a dealer listening and you're interested in getting featured on our social media, it doesn't cost you anything. We just want to know about you and uh, know about how you started your business and do a little profile on you. We like to uh, to get good info out there. Um, We've got some pretty good following out there. Uh, And uh, if you want to get on our dealer email list, we do all these product updates and product features and tech help stuff with the brands you represent that if you aren't getting some information uh already um but yeah that's that's the best way to get hold of us i subscribe because man, I, I learned so much about new products that are out sometimes i get like really busy or you know I'm, I'm like talking to people all the time and i'm like wow i didn't i didn't know you know or see that no limit intercooler or i didn't right. see this new ring and pinion from nitro gear or there's something that's going on so it's really cool to get that and then also um you guys have like a featured dealer and it's cool to see too is I'll, I'll be like, I've never heard of this diesel company, but then I recognize the truck from something, whether it was like UCC or some ODSS or something like that. So it's really cool to connect like the products with the company, with the truck, with, with all that stuff. So I encourage everyone to, to follow you guys and, and check out what you're doing. 
Well, we appreciate the hospitality of, of the industry, and, and we want to keep that going. We want to be a welcome site. Um, Ryan and I spend over 200 days a year traveling to these trade shows, um, but in between the weekend shows, you know, we go see jobber shops. We'll see four or five a day, um, and I, that'll probably amount to just over 800 shops that will go in, drop off catalogs, talk to them, um, and we're, we're not just there to solicit business. We're not just there to, well, you know, tell us about your shop, how you got going, ask us questions. You know, we just, we're in the industry. You know, if you're having trouble with a WD, you know, let us know what it is. We've got better context there than you do. No offense, but, you know, we spend a lot more time with these people yeah. and we break and, you know, we break bread with their family and stuff like that. So it's, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, we feature dealers because uh, they welcome us very warmly into their shops, and uh, we really appreciate that. Man, I appreciate this episode. You sitting down and doing it. It's uh, it's one of my favorite things to talk about is the, the growth and the business side of it, and be able to help people and help them grow and answer questions that they don't know where to find the answer to. So it was really cool chatting with you, and I'm sure we'll sit down again and and chat about some more stuff. I love hearing from listeners and and. Uh, questions that they have based on the episode so make sure and save those and get them ready for you next time yeah definitely if you have any follow-up questions shoot them over to me i can always put them up uh on your social media um or answer them back uh directly or we could do just some bonus content at another time so don't forget diesel fans make sure and head on over to alligatorperformance.com use podcast five at checkout you get five percent off your order also make sure that uh, you check out the hunting for horsepower event and if you can make it you definitely want to it's one of the biggest events in diesel and don't forget to check us out on patreon let us know any suggestions that you might have for tiers or exclusive content or things you'd like to see us incorporate into tiers for our patrons till next time keep the shiny side up